According to our next guest, there's been a lot of talk lately about child care and the federal liberals' promise to bring down prices. And according to our guest and her colleagues at Cardis, the, th- the conservative think tank in Ontario, the liberal daycare plan leaves out families who need it the most. Renza Nauda is the economic policy research lead at Cardis. Joining us now, Renza, good morning and thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Sterling. Thanks very much for having me on your show. It's great to be here. It's good to have you with us. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the working class, because that's that's the key here. And and the the Trudeau government, since its first election in 2015, has at least paid a great deal of lip service to the working class and do so again in their plans for daycare. But they're leaving a lot, in fact, most of the working class out, according to your homework. Tell us, first of all, about the working class as you define it and how the liberals are missing the target. Yeah, thanks for that, uh, Sterling. I think you've set it up really well. The uh, the work. So we published a report recently that that looked exactly at at who is the working class because, as you point out, politicians are starting to talk about the working class more and more. And as as you know, when politicians uh, t- talk about this stuff, sometimes it really helps to to to, to set a definition of what that actually means. Um, so. The stereotype of the working class uh, that that we have is is that it's composed mainly of white middle-aged men working in in, in the manufacturing sector in Ontario, for example. Mm-hmm. But what our report found is that it's as likely to be uh, a female recently immigrated worker who's working in the services sector. Um, and uh, the key thing to understand with that is that the services sector, it, these, these are people who, who don't typically work nine to five jobs. Right. They're servers in restaurants, they're grocery store clerks, they're working when other people are eating or when other people are running errands in the evening or on the weekends. They're also, by the way, more likely to hold multiple multiple jobs, such as running Uber or, or, or other things like that. Mm-hmm. The problem with the federal government's child care program is that it doesn't really fit with those kinds of lives. Uh, they, they typically subsidize uh, your, your standard licensed child care that does run nine to five. Uh, but there are all sorts of other child care arrangements out there that that might fit these these working class lives a little bit better, but that they aren't being supported by the federal government. Right. Now, here in B.C., we have the Affordable Child Care Benefit. This is a provincial program that allows uh, families to apply for, um, uh, with, below a certain income threshold, of course, to apply for uh, benefits that will uh, allow them to uh, at least afford, uh, to come closer to affording daycare. Uh, and and what, is, what is the federal plan? Is it, does it reflect what we're doing already here in B.C.? So no, no, it doesn't. The, the the federal government is is focusing on on standard licensed care. I will say that the that BC's affordable child care benefit it at least recognizes that that families have different child care needs depending on their situation. Sure. Although it still do, although it still does treat families unequally depending on their child care choices. Uh, so working class families uh, who need alternative child care might not be getting as good a deal. But I will say at least that it does recognize that, that, that different families have different needs. Uh, and the federal government, yeah, it's, 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 it's applying a much more one-size-fits-all um, uh, uh, program around, around diverse family needs. So then what's the solution? Is it simply to step back and take a look at the impact of these plans before they're actually implemented and realize that, that there are targets that were hoped to have been hit that are nowhere close to being hit? I think that's part of it. I think, I think oh, stepping back and looking at a program to, and, and 
looking at, at whether or not it actually hits the targets is, is a good first step. I do think, though, that there are proactive things that governments can do. We, I, think, I think governments, first and foremost, need to recognize that there is an affordability crisis. Sure. And that child care is part of that. I mean, everybody's feeling the pinch uh, on, on, on the grocery bill and the child care bill. Everyone's feeling that. But there's also something else that needs to be part of these child care programs, and that's flexibility. And, and I believe, and Cardis believes, that the best way to achieve both of those things is to give money directly to parents. That would, you know, help with their with their bottom line at the end of every month, but it would also put their put the power into their hands to decide what kind of child care they need. Because there's all sorts of kinds of child care. There's your standard center based care, but some people also rely on grandparents. Sure they do. Rely yeah. on neighbors. Mm-hmm. And some people have someone come into the home for a couple hours a day. Why why should anybody be penalized because they have chosen a certain kind of child care over another? It should be we should we should be we should be fitting the federal and provincial programs around families rather than the other way around. I recall uh, the Harper government taking a run at this, but they went at it sort of in reverse. They talked about tax credits uh, instead of uh, money up front, cash to offset real expenses. They talked about, well, you make the expenses, but you can declare said expenses on your tax return and we'll give you uh, we'll give you the rebate at that point. That's uh, I mean, it was an attempt. It kind of missed the mark, though, don't you think? I think I think that uh, I think that there were some some benefits to that bill, and that's and that's that it did provide uh, a, a, an amount of money based on people's based on based on people's needs rather right. than the kind of childcare that they were after. And I think I think that we can learn from that, and I think that there's you know we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. I think that's that's the that's the key thing here, and and uh, and there are certain insights from 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 that experience that I think can be applied here, and that's. And that's that. Uh, it's and that's that flexibility is a really key part of, of the childcare solution. This is uh, intended to be a centerpiece of liberal programming and ideally a major plank in the platform they'll run on in the next election. Do you think they're going to have this implemented, Renza, in time to say, well, look what we're doing here. I mean, just take a look at this. Yeah, great question. Um, so we, my colleagues, uh, Peter John Mitchell and Andrew Rosick at Cardis, uh, a couple years ago, uh, uh, put out a, a report that that considered uh, the, the the subsidized childcare model that the federal government was considering at the time, and their report showed that the that if if the federal government wanted to implement the kind of program that was being called for by by the people asking for this program. This, the costs were going to spiral out of control, uh, and and what we've seen in, in the implementation of it is that the federal government is not going to be able to provide the kind of money that to to implement the kind that kind of program. So one of a few things is going to happen: either quality of the care is going to go down, mm-hmm. uh, or taxes are going to go through the roof, and we're going to pay for it one way or another, or the provinces are going to be left with the bill at the end of the day, uh, and then provincial taxes are going to have to go up instead. So, you know, I, I think what that shows is, is that the whole program is pretty unsustainable. So are they going to be able to implement it? I don't think so. Uh, not, not, not to the degree that, that, that they're going to want to anyway. So, but again, I think that there's an alternative solution here, which is, that, uh, which is that they can take that money and give it to parents. They're the ones who are going to be able to find the most cost-effective ways that fit their lives, and therefore it's going to be a more efficient uh, use, of, use of funds if, if we give that money directly to parents. And I think that that achieves both 
the cost of living question, but it also achieves the importance of flexibility that we need to see in these programs. Interesting that you would talk about giving the money to parents. I see that perhaps as a a counterpunch from the opposition rather than the government, uh, which firmly believes they know better about how to live your life than you do. Well, you know, I don't. I don't think that uh, that there's that the solution to to every problem is going to be uh, a, a bureaucratic program. I think that I think that uh, that the that there are other ways, and, and and one of those ways can be can be giving money directly to parents. Politicians are also going to fight about this, of course. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, but uh, but you know, I I think that we would welcome any party uh, from either side of the aisle to pick this up uh, as an idea and and run with it. Well, it's interesting, and I suspect it's going to be very much front and center as the election uh, warms up and we get down to campaigning and programs and specifics. Uh, thanks very much, Renzo. We appreciate your uh, joining us this morning to flesh this one out for us. And friends, it's in the National Post. Liberal daycare plan leaves out families who need it the most. Co-authored by our guest, Renzo Nauda. Thanks very much for this. Thanks, Sterling.